millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is 7 News with Angela Cox. Morning. The AFL is poised to declare Brisbane's Gabba as the ground that will host the 2020 Grand Final. Steve Titmus is at the Gabba for us this morning. Steve, there must be a great sense of excitement building there this morning. Absolutely, Angela. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. In this heartland of rugby league, it's all about the AFL and that grand final to be played here at the Gabba on October the 24th. The CEO of the AFL, Gillam McLaughlin, along with 400 others, flew into the Gold Coast late yesterday afternoon to join that bubble. Now, Gillam will be beamed via video link into the Cricketers Club here at the Gabba to make the announcement at 1.30 this afternoon. Along uh, inside the uh, Cricketers Club as well will be the Premier of Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk. At the moment, she is on a flight from Cairns back to Brisbane. This morning, she did speak about the coup. She wasn't gloating, but this is what she did have to say. It is uh, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but it is also... It would be uh, an honour to safeguard that for one year, knowing that Victoria has gone through a really, really difficult time. And our hearts go out to Victorians at the moment. I know families are doing it tough, businesses are doing it tough. And uh, if we were successful, uh, we would, of course, deal with that respectfully. Yeah, and the Premier did touch this morning on the COVID stance by her government. She has defended that for the moment. Of course, uh, the AFL Grand Final normally played at the MCG. 100,000 people normally attend that big game. Here at the Gabba, under AFL configuration, it will hold 39,000 people. During COVID, that is now down to 16,000 seats. We are hearing they are hoping for 25 to 30,000 people to be able to attend the grand final. What is it going to cost ticket-wise? That's going to be a big discussion point over the coming weeks. They will be the hottest tickets in town. Now, Angela, speaking about excitement, one of the radio stations here in Brisbane has already begun a campaign to move one of the public holidays to the Monday so that we have a long weekend for Queensland to celebrate the AFL grand final. Sounds like a good idea. OK, thanks so much, Steve. To breaking news now, and Australia is officially in recession for the first time in three decades. The latest economic growth figures have just been released. For more, we're live to Olivia Leeming in Canberra. Olivia, how severe is the economic damage? 
Good morning, Ange. Well, the Australian economy has suffered a significant blow as a result of the pandemic. Figures released just minutes ago show the economy has contracted a staggering 7% in the three months to June. It's the second straight quarter of negative growth, meaning the country is officially in recession for the first time since the early 1990s. Though Australia isn't suffering quite as much as many other nations, that contraction of 7% compares to a 9% plunge in the US economy and 20% in the UK. The finance minister says only a handful of countries are faring better than Australia. I think Australians um, all appreciate that this is a tough period, but um, it's uh, much tougher in many other parts of the world. Not much solace to the million Australians who are unemployed. Unemployment is expected to climb to 10% later this year and stay high for some time. The federal government extending its JobKeeper wage subsidy until March, though at a reduced rate to support those out of work. And we'll soon hear more from the Treasurer on the economic outlook. He's expected to address the media this afternoon. Ange. OK, Olivia, thank you. Our trade tensions with China have worsened with a WA-based grain exporter, CBH, Australia's biggest barley exporter, suspended from sending its produce to China. A recent shipment and all further exports are being blocked, reportedly due to concerns over insects. The company, which represents almost 4,000 farmers, says it has met all export requirements and will challenge the suspension. Victoria has recorded another 90 new COVID cases and six more deaths. It's a rise in case numbers compared to the previous two days, but there is hope for the state. The seven-day average is now under 100 for the first time in two months. It is good to see uh, three consecutive days uh, in double figures. Um, Wednesday's uh, maintaining its reputation as a bit of a spike day, so uh, an increase uh, of cases since yesterday, but there has been more testing as well. Again, we want to, we want to see the cases that are out there uh, and people really should come forward for testing uh, so that we can identify anyone who does have coronavirus and follow up their close contacts. Uh, but there's absolutely a stabilisation in numbers. A controversial six-month extension of state of emergency powers past Parliament at 2am. Melbourne will remain in stage four restrictions for at least another 11 days. Victorians will learn on Sunday what the road out of lockdown will look like. In breaking news, New South Wales has recorded another 17 new cases of coronavirus. Nina Stevens joins me. Nina, almost all came from known clusters. That's right, Ange. One of those new cases is from hotel quarantine, but 15 can all be linked back to existing sources and one does still remain unknown. Now, two more students from St Paul's College at Greystains have tested positive, bringing the total number of cases associated with that school to 10. The source of the infection remains under investigation. That school remains closed, as does Girraween Public School. And there are other areas of concerns, including the four-in-hand pub at Paddington, now, Ange, the Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, also says she's been trying to speak with the Queensland Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, about the border closure between New South Wales and Queensland. She's even tried this morning, but so far, no luck. Here's what she had to say about that a short time ago. I hope she has time to speak to me today. Um, nothing would give me... Uh, greater pleasure today than to be able to discuss with her the concerns that we have in New South Wales. 
So for her part, Ms Palaszczuk says she has good working relationships and doesn't have any issues with anyone, but it also seems that right now on this particular border issue, she's not budging, Ange. OK, thanks so much, Nina. Queensland has recorded two new cases of COVID-19. Both cases are linked to known clusters, taking the state's active cases to 28. There were more than 18,000 tests conducted in the past 24 hours. Fire has ripped through the outback town of Mugandai on the New South Wales and Queensland border. The town's only supermarket was destroyed in the blaze, along with a butcher shop and a clothing store. No one was injured in the blaze. There's no word yet on the cause. The nearest shops now are more than 200 kilometres away. A spate of shootings in Sydney continued overnight. Several shots were fired into a home at St John's Park in the city's southwest. Nine people, including three children, were inside at the time. They weren't hurt, the bullets smashing into windows and damaging several cars. There are growing fears of a bikey war erupting in Sydney. A Comancheros member was ambushed and shot dead outside his home two days ago. President Donald Trump has travelled to Kenosha in Wisconsin to view the destruction caused by riots. The unrest erupted after a black man was shot in the back by police. The president labelling the actions of protesters as domestic terrorism. David Woywood has more. Well, in a highly charged and controversial visit, Donald Trump has toured Kenosha today, meeting with residents impacted by last week's riots. His presence here in this town prompting more Black Lives Matter demonstrations. To have peaceful dialogue with National Guard. Everything's just been peaceful as love. Supporters lined the streets desperate for a glimpse of the president's motorcade. Donald Trump surveying the burnt-out remains of businesses and homes torched in the looting. We're going to work with you. We're going to help you. OK, we'll help you rebuild. Defying requests to stay away, the president also met with law enforcement, including the National Guard, who he credits with maintaining peace and order. We have to condemn the dangerous anti-police rhetoric, it's getting more and more. It's very unfair. Uh, you have some bad apples. We all know that. They're under tremendous, I said it yesterday, I said it last night, they're under tremendous pressure. In the centre of town, Black Lives Matter protesters gathered. A peaceful afternoon after demonstrations turned deadly last week. The family of Jacob Blake, the man shot seven times at close range by police, declining an invitation to meet the president, instead holding a vigil at his home. We don't have any words for the orange man. All I ask is that um, he keep his disrespect his foul language far away from our family. Here in the centre of town, crowds have thinned out a curfew back in place for tonight. The National Guard is still watching on. A man has been airlifted to hospital after suffering serious burns in a workplace accident in Sydney's southwest. The man suffered burns to his arms and torso in the factory complex at Inglebone. The worker is said to be in a serious condition. Former Prime Minister Tony Abbott has taken a swipe at Victorian Premier Dan Andrews, accusing him of a health dictatorship by putting Melbournians under house arrest. Mr Abbott was talking at an ideas think tank in London. Sarah Greenolch has more. 
Well, Tony Abbott believes that individuals should be given more freedom and responsibility. During this speech in London, he said uh, that internal and external borders in Australia should be opened up but managed. He believes that lockdowns are incredibly damaging and should be avoided. He also questioned whether the economic cost of saving lives in Australia has been worth it. And he was incredibly uh, critical of the state premiers. And the premier now wants to extend this health dictatorship Officials do get trapped in crisis mode longer than they need to, especially if the crisis adds to their authority or boosts their standing. The former Aussie PM is here in the UK as part of a potential new role with the Board of Trade. He's tipped to be the man in charge of drumming up trade deals around the world for the UK post-Brexit. But not everyone is entirely happy with the idea of him representing the country. Uh, Mr Abbott says he was granted an exemption from Australia's international travel ban through all the normal channels. He applied and was given no special treatment. He says the trip to Europe and his hotel quarantine will be entirely personally funded. A young Australian scientist has made a breakthrough in her search for a cure for breast cancer. 25-year-old Dr Kira Duffy from Perth has been using honeybee venom to kill breast cancer cells. In lab tests, the venom attacked the bad cells, killing them within an hour without affecting the good cells. Well, it's a long journey from bench to bedside and there's lots of experiments to do first, but... Um... Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting new um, early stage discovery, which we hope will help develop a targeted treatment for these very aggressive breast cancers. Dr Duffy says the key ingredient in the bee venom can be produced synthetically. Now, for more on today's national accounts figures that show Australia is officially in a recession, Network Finance Editor Gemma Acton joins us. Gemma, how has the market reacted? Well, Ange, the share market roared out of the gates this morning and was trading around 1.5% higher just before the national accounts were released. And the confirmation that we are officially in a recession for the first time in nearly 30 years did very little, actually, to break that positive momentum. This is despite the 7% fall in economic growth being worse than was predicted, it was only predicted to be 6%. Uh, we saw more of a reaction in the Australian dollar, however. That had been buying 6.74 US cents only yesterday. It's now dropped down to 73.4 US cents, so losing half a cent. Among those companies leading the market higher today are AMP, up nearly 5%, and iron ore giant Fortescue, up nearly 4%. Afterpay, once again, is amongst the worst performers for a second day in a row, down another 4% after losing 8% yesterday. Ange. Okay, thank Thanks so much, Jem. From today, you may find a new coin in your pocket or purse. It's called a donation dollar, legal tender, but especially inscribed to remind Australians to be generous. The new coins are celebrating International Day of Charity on September 5. 25 million will be released over the next few years. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.